0: non sanctioned weapons allowed no rules it's lights
1: What's up everybody? And welcome to the Lights Out, where we go uncensored. We go hardcore. We go extreme. Cause we are talking all about the original Halloween. Jay Austin, James Klein, what's happened everybody? We're out of the 80s now. We are in 2022, supposedly. And <laughs> we <laughs> we're drinking beer. We're having a good time. We're doing the Lights Out, brother. For everybody new to Lights Out, this is our sister show to the Retro Blood where we get out of the 80s and we talk about whatever we want to talk about. Mm. Um, But we thought for this particular episode, we would start off our, our October month of Halloween reviews because, you know, obviously the original Halloween was not made in the 80s. So that's why we thought we would talk about it on this show to kind of lead into Retro Blood's review of all the Halloween movies that did happen in the 80s. But what's happening, Allison? How you doing?
0: What's up, man? Uh, It's good to be back. I'm glad we're finally doing another one of these uncensored, uh, no rules, lights out shows. These are always fun um, because we don't follow any kind of structure. We don't have any kind of rules or anything to follow like we do on our other show. So we can talk about movies from any time in the past, present, or future. Uh, this time we're going further in the past, so we can do our big series on Halloween. And this is kind of cool because it's one of the most important horror films ever made. So it's good that we're finally getting to talk about this one. Been exactly. for this for a while.
1: Exactly. And I would like this this particular, you know, on the, on the lights out, we can kind of format it how we like. Like I said, we don't have any rules on here. We just do, you know, it's kind of like, yeah. you know, it's like a like a hardcore match. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you know, you might have some hardcore matches that just uses tables, maybe ladders. And maybe you have some that might use light tubes for all of our wrestling fans out there. But um, mm, this, this, this one I thought would be a fun, like, you know, two guys at the bar just talking about Halloween and some of the uh, scenes they liked. Um, talk about some of the behind the scenes stuff as well, too, that they find is very interesting. Um, but speaking of that, what are you drinking right now, Allison? You said you were drinking some beer.
0: Oh, uh, I am drinking. Um, so I, I, I haven't talked about this, but I recently took a trip to Nashville, Tennessee. Oh. And, um, anytime I go to a, a place I haven't been before, I always become a beer tourist. Yeah, buddy. Um, So (laughs) I'm always trying to find beers that I hadn't had before. And, um, I am drinking a milk stout that they make. Okay. That is called got to get up to get down or something like that. that I I don't have a camera in front of me, but yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a milk stout. So, you know, it's got lactose in it. Um, so it's sweeter. Yeah. Um, And I, I really like, I really like, um, uh, milk stouts. Um, yep. Got to get up to get down. That's what it's called. It's a coffee milk stout. Yep. So it has that coffee, you know, kind of bitter coffee-ness, but it's also got the sweet from the lactose. Um, yeah, I really like milk stouts a lot and I think people don't make them enough. Um, Young's chocolate milk stout is a really good one from England and, uh, duck rabbit is also a really good milk stout that they make right here in North Carolina.
1: Yeah, I had the duck rabbit one
0: before. Mm, duck rabbit's great.
1: Those are good. I, I'm a big fan of uh, milk stocks as well. Um, I'm not really sure what all mine are called because usually they get me drunk pretty quick. Mm-hmm. But anything that has like coffee nut or double chocolate in there, that's the way to go, especially when it's stouts. yeah. I
0: was about to say yeah. It's really it's really strange because I love chocolate stouts, but I don't really like chocolate a lot. So like chocolate cake and chocolate ice cream and stuff like that, I don't like. I don't like the taste of chocolate particularly, but for some reason, chocolate stouts I really like. Yep. Maybe yeah. it's just like the beer taste, the you know the multi beer taste of the stout mixed with the chocolate. I don't know. That's really strange. I really like milk uh, chocolate stouts, but I don't I don't like chocolate very much.
1: Yeah, they have a, um another good uh, chocolate beer around here uh, at that bar, Dissolver. Um, it's mm-hmm. one of the German German chocolate cake ones. That's a uh, fantastic. Ooh, that I bet you, that's great. I that think we'll get mm-hmm. you drunk quick. But I'm out here. I'm representing my hometown or my homeland of Texas. I'm drinking yeah. some Shiner Oktoberfest over Ooh. here. I'm a big fan of Oktoberfest beers. Um. Mine mine too are like like you like the dark beers, like the stouts, the especially like the dark yeah. chocolate ones, the milk stouts. But my my other kind of beer, especially around this particular time of October, September, October, I really like the Oktoberfest style beers. I, I'm a big connoisseur of those. I drink pretty much any brand that has an Oktoberfest, I'll at least try it to see if I like it and stuff. And Shiner is one of my favorites um around around the town i have over here this bar called Boonjum here in waynesville they ha- actually have a really good yep. october fest as well
0: um yeah i i like october fest beers they're uh typically what they call a marzen marzen beer um uh, which is um it's it's i mean it's not i mean it's a lighter kind of beer but it's like it's like an amber it's like a cross between a dark beer and a light beer so it's not real light but it's not dark either uh, yeah, I think these are a good, really good sessionable beers. I think they're made for like Oktoberfest where, you know, if we were in Germany, we'd be going to a beer hall and drinking for 12 hours. So you can't have like 7% beers yeah. and drink that long. So you exactly. got your four and a half percent beers that you can sit there and, you know, talk about the Halloween franchise for 12 hours while, <laughs> yeah, exactly. while, we, while we drink. Yeah. I'm pretty sure you could Speaking. if you went through every movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. You could definitely you could. <laughs> But that—that that I was bringing up, I was going to mention that. Have you had that other that new Shiner uh, beer that we can buy around here now? That Haas Brew.
1: Haas Brew. No, I haven't seen that one, but I, did, no, I I saw it in the. I saw it at the, 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 the store.
0: Yeah, I saw it at the store the other day. I didn't get it because it's an it's an IPA. It's an IPA, and I'm kind of tired of IPAs. But uh, yeah. I just wonder if you'd had it. No, I haven't tried that one yet.
1: Hmm. Usually, my my yeah, top got, Shiner beers are usually the Prickly Pear, the Strawberry. Yeah, that's good. And then the Oktoberfest are like my favorites. Yeah.
0: Man, that prickly pear was so good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's the we had beer. that at the bar. That was so good. And yep. we were just lucky to get the last. Oh, bird.
1: and um, when we went to that AEW show, we had the uh, Shiner uh, Pecan.
0: Oh, God. That was so good, too. Yes. Shiner, no,
1: shout, up, I, shout out I, to Shiner. No, maybe.
0: Shout out Shiner. No, I'm thinking of <laughs> the. I'm thinking of the. I'm thinking of the. I've never had the prickly pear. Have I? I, I was thinking of the pecan oh okay yeah i think you're thinking of it. yeah
1: the prickly pear yeah um, I, I, I don't know yeah i don't know if you had that one but yeah the one that we had was the pecan one yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah. we had the pecan i i don't think i've had the prickly pear but that sounds sounds awesome it is really good it's more of a summertime beer though but
1: mm. you know i guess that'd be our maybe that'd be our lights out segment just talking about beers which like i said <laughs> we could do a, a full podcast oh. on all those
0: oh yeah no for sure
1: but, you know, this, uh, you know, so, you know, we're starting off the uh, the Retro Blood, you know, we're doing like a little anniversary um, podcast oh, yeah. this month, you know, because we, we've done one year of the Retro Blood. One so. year. So it's pretty crazy. Um, so, we're, we're starting off our one year anniversary, obviously, with Retro Blood. Um, it's going to be episode 51. It'll be Halloween Woo-hoo! 2. So, that's going to be really fun. Uh, but, you know, like I said, like, we thought this would be a good, like, um, entry into that uh um that month because you know when you talk about Halloween you always gotta talk about the first one. Yeah you know what I mean because the first it. one is pretty much the premise of every movie after it. You know, mm-hmm. and it's really weird. I was thinking too before we get into some of the production notes. Um you know has this has this been like the most rebooted horror franchise ever? Because like they all base off of Halloween one, this one that we're gonna review. So we have we have the original Halloween number two, which we'll be talking about in Retro Blood. Then we have another original Halloween two, which is H two O. Then we have another original Halloween, which is a remake of Everything Rom Zombies. Then we have another remake of Halloween, which is going to be the Halloween that came out in two thousand eighteen. So, do you know any other franchise that's like rebooted itself that many times just by its sequel?
0: No, I can't. Th- I can't think of another one because there's at least. Um yeah, at least those amount of times, and maybe more. I mean, especially even if you don't count Halloween three, which has nothing to do with the other movies, um, it's still because um, H two O and the one with Buster Rhymes those oh. go together, right?
1: Oh my god, have you ever seen those? <laughs> I've seen all of them, man. So, like on my <laughs> other show, uh, <laughs> The Faces of Fear, which I still have some episodes left. I usually post them for like extras if you want to check it out. Man, when we were watching that fucking that resurrection, oh, um, that that has to be like the worst movie in cinema history. I mean, you cannot tell me different. I mean, I love Halloween, I love no, horror, but boy, that movie bad. is so bad. We might have to do a lights out on that one, so I could torture you one day. Actually, actually, that would torture me actually more than anything because I'm a huge fan. yeah. That would fan. be
0: worse on you because I'm be a huge f-
1: yeah because I'm a huge fan of Halloween. So Halloween, the story, you know, <laughs> Halloween is actually the, my first um. I don't know if it'd be my first horror movie I've ever seen, but it'd be my first horror movie I ever fell in love with. All right, I think the yeah. first horror movie I ever saw that I remember it that I remember it, unless I like maybe watched one maybe before then. I two comes to like two two horror movies come to mind, and I don't know if you count this one as a horror movie. Um, Dust till dawn, do you count that as a horror movie? Uh, yeah. Sure, I
0: would count that
1: as a horror movie, okay? Because it, it kind of um, has like horror aspects to it, with the vampire elements so, to it, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the other one would be Child's Play, the first Child's Play. I, I kind of remember those two before I really started watching horror movies. Um, but I, I, I told this story like many, many times on different podcasts. So when I was younger, I can't remember exactly how old I was, I'm gonna guess I was like 13. You know, there was this channel called UPN and they would play kind of like how AMC does it now. They would play a whole month of nonstop horror movies. Yeah. And UPN was the, the channel that actually showed SmackDown. You know, obviously I was right. a big wrestling fan. So I would watch SmackDown, but then i see all these trailers for all these movies that look very interesting. And I think I was just home lazy one day. I was just like, all right, I'm just going to watch this. And the first two movies I've ever watched that, you know, got me into horror movies was of all movies. Halloween Six, <laughs> which unfortunately, Whoa. unfortunately on the retro blow we can't review, but boy, that movie is definitely funny when you look at the timeline. And then it was yeah, Pumpkinhead, which I, we have done.
0: Yeah, we have done Pumpkinhead. That's a great movie. Halloween Six is not as bad as the movie as the Halloween movies got, as we just mentioned. But it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a sec, It's probably like the second worst one. <laughs> yeah, it's the second worst
1: because Resurrection is definitely the worst one. That that's just a horrible movie all the way around like it's so bad well i yeah, think I, mean, I think the whole
0: concept is bad
1: i think number six is like more funny than anything it's like uh it's not supposed to be funny but it's funny because of some of the backstory to it makes mm-hmm. it kind of funny so uh it just but you know we'll be talking about uh the ones that we're going to be reviewing in the 80s are actually all good Like, I actually like all the movies that we're going to be doing this month. Like, no, number two, number three, four, and five. I think they are actually all have their own like charm to them.
0: Oh, yeah. 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 For sure. They're all great. I mean, they're all really good. And I mean, Halloween five is good. Um, it's just six where I don't know. Something just went wrong. I don't, I don't know what happened there, but I mean, something just went wrong. But four and five are both good. (coughs) Um, you know, I have some controversial opinions that uh that I, that I w- will bring up as this month goes along, but uh but yeah, I love all these movies I'm looking forward to this month. Um looking forward to getting into Halloween and telling the people about it and uh yeah. This will be great.
1: So, something I want to kind of get into as well. So, th- and this has always been an interesting subject um that a lot of people have um thought about Halloween. So, do you I want to ask you this question Allison and audience, you can you know, join the Facebook and shit. You can join in on this discussion as well. Yeah. Join our Facebook, everybody. Retro Blood, group page, uh, business page, YouTube channel. We got all that stuff.
0: Yeah, you can uh, tell us how we're full of shit.
1: Yes. always like those comments, too. Those are great.
0: Mm-hmm. Those, yeah.
1: But do you, do you do you think this is like the first slasher movie?
0: Uh, I consider it the first slasher movie, yes. Okay. I don't know if I. And that's do. gonna that's gonna be incendiary because there'll be yes. somebody's like, well, no, actually, in 1922, yeah. there was. A well, there was like second movie with a guy with a knife. Yet, yeah, right. Well,
1: the thing is, though, I mean, can't we can't can't we uh, count Psycho as the first slasher movie technically? Mm, kinda.
0: I mean, it was a knife in the bath <laughs> shower. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, kinda. I mean, I. But it I don't know like there's something a slasher movie has to have this that, that Psycho doesn't have. It's kind of like saying is Iggy Pop punk rock? And I'm like kind of, but it doesn't really have the whatever elements the Ramones had when the Ramones invented punk rock in my opinion. Yeah. So like it doesn't it, you know there's just like it's it's or the MC Five, or a band like that, like they're not really punk bands, but they have like punk, a kind of punk, like a kind of a punk rock sound. Like they, like the punk rockers, definitely took their sound from that. And yeah, you know, and I definitely think movies like this were influenced. Well, obviously they were influenced by Psycho. I wouldn't consider Psycho a slasher movie, though. I can see that. Yeah, you because know. um, yeah, I mean, I feel like a slasher movie, a slasher movie has to have certain elements to it. Like it has to have. Well, psycho had these things too like, like I feel like a a slasher movie has to have cer- an element of lewdness to it like it has to be like kind of like uh, like almost sexually depraved in some way um like it has to have a sexual element to it um I feel like it has to have gratuitous violence like violence for no reason um I think it has to have but a, does Halloween really have that though oh yeah. Definitely. Friedner, I does, well, yeah.
1: I guess, I mean, I don't think it has. I think Mike, well, I guess, yeah. I mean, so, I was trying to see Michael so, doesn't uh, have a reason, but I guess he doesn't
0: really have a reason. But that makes it more it. Well, see, that's the thing, though. In this movie, he doesn't really have a reason because, you know, the, I mean, this will be spoiled for everybody. So if you haven't watched any of these movies and don't know this, then you should watch them. But, but in this movie, uh, Laurie Strode is not Michael's sister. Yes. As as far as we know from just the the canon of this movie, he, he we don't know why he's trying to kill her. Like they don't ever say that, right? Like, that, isn't he just going? Isn't he just going back to Haddonfield to murder people? Like that? Like they don't really ever say why. he's well, doing it, other than he has no soul, that's what Loomis says. Yes,
1: I mean, I think so. It it kind of was implied by Loomis, which we'll get into all the characters here in a bit. Right. Um. But it's implied by Loomis that he was staring at a wall for fifteen years, and he planned this day out. So I don't know. I don't know if he thought like, okay, maybe, maybe it's like, okay, how old would my sister be now in fifteen years? Let me go find some girls that were like my sister, and kill them like I did her to get that feeling that I had when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. That could be a, a reason. But you know, yeah. You know, like maybe that's why because we did see a a, a, a ritual style killing um, when Michael um, when he killed um, uh, the uh, one of the uh, the the girl who was uh, in control of the house. Oh God! Hold on. A second. The blonde girl, not the blonde girl, but the other one, the black hair one.
0: Oh, the one that was trapped in the laundry room.
1: Yeah, uh, their name Annie. Annie, yeah. So Annie was the one, yeah, the one I was trapped in the laundry room. You know, when we saw her death, she was laid out on the bed with the tomb of uh, Michael Myers' sister. Right. Uh, on there, on, on the tomb with there, too. So that looked like more like a retro, uh, retro uh, a ritual style killing.
0: Yeah. So. Right, right. And plus, when I say violence for no reason, I don't mean the killer has no motivation. I just mean like for the purposes of the movie, they're adding violence into the movies just for violence's sake, not for the story. You know what I mean? Like this whole movie could have just been Michael chasing Laurie and it would have been the same story, but we had to have him kill all of Laurie's friends who exist in this movie just for Michael to kill them. Um, for the most part.
1: Yeah. They're also there Um, to do some babysitting.
0: Well, to do some bad babysitting (laughs) and some, uh, uh, fornicating, which you have to have also. You have to have sex in your slasher movie.
1: Yes, yes, you do.
0: And the nudity.
1: But let's uh, let's talk a little bit about some concept stuff, which I like to always talk about. Of what could have been and when what, what did happen. So, you know, we talk a lot about John Carpenter. We've done his shows, like, a, a lot of... And we're going to keep doing his shows here on The Retro Blood because yep. he always made so many really great horror movies. But, you know, this is basically his second movie. You know, his first one he did was Assault on Precinct 13. You know, that's that's when he was trying to get it. That's when he was basically getting his name out there. You know, I got a little I got a little press for him doing that movie. Now, I don't know if I've ever seen that movie. Have you seen it before? I'm pretty sure you have.
0: Yeah, I have years ago, but I haven't seen it in a long time. But yeah, they're basically uh, um, I think they're like in the Bronx or somewhere. And it's like these people are trapped in a police station. Um, it's, It's really good. It's a good it's more like Escape from New York than it is Halloween. But it's a good movie.
1: And then we had some other producers. That basically, we had two main producers of the Halloween franchise. We have Irwin, and then we have Mustafa Akan. All right? So, you know, mm-hmm. Irwin, he was the, pretty much the brains behind uh, most of the Halloween concept. Like, he had the idea to make a horror movie about a babysitters. You know, what if somebody was right. stalking some babysitters and shit? Which is weird, because, you know, later on in the 80s, we would have, like, Slumber Party Massacre, you know... I'm surprised we didn't get no babysitter massacre, you know all that shit. <laughs> but he had the, he had that concept a little, and then I guess he figured out that at that particular time there wasn't any kind of movie that used Halloween before. And he, I guess, there wasn't like you know, like an actual like horror movie or anything. Actually, even used the they had Halloween concepts in their movie, but they never used well, that yeah, in the title, which is very interesting.
0: Yeah, isn't that why he wanted? Isn't that the only concept he had w- originally? Was that he wanted a movie that was centered around Halloween?
1: Yes, centered around yeah. Halloween, and then it had some babysitters being killed. But then, basically, okay. since um they had the um the idea, they they basically they wanted John Carpenter to to direct it. And the way that John Carpenter got onto it, they offered him like three hundred thousand dollars and stuff, but he can have a free range. And John Carpenter took it because he could have free range to do whatever he wants. You yeah. just have to have this particular concept part of the, part of the movie. So, and that's when he, uh, he brought on his, his, his uh, I think his girlfriend at the time, Deborah Hill, and they pretty much Hill, joined. Yeah. And then ever since, then that's pretty much how the franchise pretty much started was by those four, uh, coming up with this particular idea. So film director Bob Clark suggested in an interview that Carpenter had asked him for his own ideas for a sequel to his 1974 film Black Christmas,
0: yeah. Hmm. So imagine that. Imagine I, a Black Christmas uh, too. Yeah, I just thought about that now. So Black Christmas is a slasher movie, uh, kind of. And my, I, th- I think I was I would consider that more of a slasher movie than Psycho. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I would cons- like going back. I would consider Halloween the first true American slasher movie. Um, I know that Bava had made a uh, twitch of the death nerve, which is a slasher movie. And there's been several Italian slasher movies before this or what you could consider a slasher movie. Um, but they were more like mysteries though. Like they had a mystery to them and there is some mystery in this, but it's, it's not really, it's just Michael's Michael's a killing machine. Um, but yeah, so that's interesting though. So Bob Clark, um, was asking him for ideas for, um, Black
1: Christmas too, yeah. So it basically was at, yeah. So they were kind of like you know just going back and forth with some ideas about Black Christmas too. But you know the uh, the unseen the the Black Christmas had an unseen emotionless killer murdering students in the university sorority house. By the way, Black Christmas is a fantastic movie, which we'll definitely be doing. Hint hint, hint on hint. the lights out, <laughs> probably around Christmas time. Because that's actually one of my favorite movies of all time is Black Christmas. Um, He also stayed in in, in a a, uh, uh, a 2009 documentary, Clark World. Uh, Carpenter directly asked Clark about his thoughts on developing the anonymous slasher in Black Christmas. And he said, I did a film about three years later. Started a film with John Carpenter. It was his first film from Warner Brothers, which picked up Black Christmas. He asked me if I was ever going to do a sequel, and I said no. I was through with horror. I didn't. I didn't come into this business to do just horror. He said, "Well, what would you do if you didn't? If you did a sequel?" I said, "It would be the next year, and the guys would have actually been caught, escaped from a mental institution, got back to his house, and they would start all over again, and it would be called Halloween." So uh, okay, yeah. So basically, if 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 Bob ever made a Black Christmas too, like, you know, if he if they gave him a bunch of money and said, Hey, make this Black Christmas too, basically it would have been uh very similar to this Halloween movie we saw, you know, or at least had the the running tile of Halloween. But it would still have the uh, probably the anonymous killer within it as well mm-hmm. too. So I thought that was very interesting how you know eventually the uh uh you know, eventually that that concept would John Carpenter would take it, but it, but this movie is definitely not like a ripoff or like even a sequel to Black Christmas. Um, no, it's no, definitely not at all. a lot different. So, and that's what Bob was saying. He said, you know, the truth is John didn't really copy Black Christmas. You know, he wrote a script, directed the script, did the casting. Halloween is his movie, and besides, the script came to him already titled anyway. So he didn't. So basically, he was just debunking. A myth about possibly John Carpenter rip, ripping off an idea that maybe this Bob, Bob Clark had a, about a, a potential sequel. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, that's that's kind of like a little funny thing, you know, how those two rate. Because I think when it comes to the 70s, you know, when it comes to horror movies in the 70s, I think Black Christmas and Halloween have to be, you know, probably the top of the two. You know what I mean? Of like the yeah, most famous yeah, you, ones you, from that era. You know, in, in yeah, America at least. You can't argue with that. Right. Yeah.
0: You can't argue with that.
1: So a couple of things. So apparently the script took ten days to write, or the screenplay.
0: So pretty quick.
1: Which I was about to say. Do you think that's very
0: quick for a movie like this, or do you think that's a good amount of time?
1: Well, it depends how long out of the hours of those ten days are. You know, what I mean, if you only did like two hours a day, I think it would not that long. But I'm, mm-hmm. I don't know it just depends. You know, <laughs> yeah, I would say it- uh, I would say like at least they put a little of effort into. Me. To to the I think they were not only doing the the screenplay but they're also doing some of the concepts as well too. If it's ten days, right,
0: right. Plus, I mean, if you really think about, it not a whole lot happens in this movie. No, I mean, you could really, I mean, as far as plot goes, I mean, you could really tell this story in about ten minutes if you just sit, you know sit down to explain it. There's not a whole lot happens in it, but, um, but yeah, I mean, I think that ten days is a good amount of time for what came out of this.
1: Um, yeah, exactly. You know, there wasn't, you know, and, uh, yeah, like I said, there wasn't a whole lot of like, you know, even the scenery shots too, weren't, weren't that much to kind of like structure. There wasn't like, we're going to this, here, this, and this, and there wasn't elaborate sets everywhere. You know, there wasn't like, you know, big, big electronic buildings that we had to create big robots and animation and slimy stuff. No, no, we didn't do any of that. You know, this is very simple background, simple story to kind of follow and they just made it more creepy to make it a little bit more realistic.
0: Yeah. And it's all shot on location too. So in which those houses are still there, you can still visit them even today. But, um, but yeah, it was all shot on location on a real street. So they just went out in the street and just shot this, shot this movie. Um, but, but they were also weren't doing any design work either. Like I'm pretty sure that when the, when they went to make the movie, like they didn't have like a concept for what Michael looked like or anything. Cause didn't they, uh, didn't they make the mask after they showed up to the thing to to make the movie? Yeah, and like of course they got the William Shatner mask yes. and and worked on it.
1: Yeah, pretty much. But um, I remember about the the actual uh, Michael Myers mask is, you know, they knew they didn't need a mask and stuff, but of course they were in production already, and they're just like, hey, you know, go go down to the local Halloween store, go down to the mask store and see which one you guys can find and make it look like, you know, makes it look like a basic creepy mask. And somebody picked out a William Shatner mask. And I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> that's interesting. So I think, I think that the concept, I don't think they, I didn't, I know they spray painted it white, but I can't yeah, remember. if they cut the sideburns off. Yeah, they cut the sideburns off. They they spray painted it white. Yeah. And uh, that's pretty much how they came up with the actual Michael Myers mask. <laughs> So, but uh, a couple of things, too, I thought were pretty interesting. So, you know, my, many of the, uh, the, the script details were drawn from Carpenter and Hill's own backgrounds and early careers. Mm. So the fictional town of Hattenfield, Illinois, was from uh, Deborah Hills because she lived in Hattonville, New Jersey. So that's where Hill was raised. So that's why she came up with that particular uh, town. Um, and then while several of the street names were taken from Carpenter's hometown of Bowling Green, Kentucky, Laurie Stroh was allegedly the name of one of his Carpenter's old girlfriends. <laughs> I love it. I love when Thank you can you. like, you know, past hor- stuff, you can make it into your own movie. That's, a, I used to do that all the yeah. time. It's on mine. This makes it easier that and way. then,
0: Right. And this movie becomes a classic and becomes world famous. And now. Laurie Strode is out there somewhere. Yeah. Named yeah with this with this character named after. Yeah.
1: So Michael Myers, right. so they got the name Michael Myers from basically one of Erwin's friends that he used to wow. go to see like different movies with. He was like a different producer.
0: Huh. Interesting. So you're telling me that it's that Michael Myers name was not named after the guy who played Austin Powers.
1: No. Because I wow. believe Austin Powers was probably made a couple of decades later. <laughs> 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 but you know, maybe that maybe how did they? Uh, that'd be pretty. Interesting. They probably got the Mike Myers name from Austin Powers through this movie, but uh, who knows? Uh, I, mean, I don't do th- I don't do that kind of podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there's a lot of like homage page Alfred Hitchcock with two characters names. Tommy Doyle is named after Lieutenant uh, Thomas J Doyle. From Weir Window, and Doctor Loomis' name was was from Sam Loomis, from Psycho.
0: Yeah, I didn't know that. That he he took the Loomis name from uh, from Psycho.
1: Which that Loomis name,
0: like, that is
1: like one of the most famous horror movie names because it's in a bunch yeah. of stuff, not just Halloween and not just Psycho as well. We hear Loomis all the fucking time. Like, wasn't the yeah. uh, the the main ba- one of the main bad guys in uh, Scream? Last name Loomis.
0: Yep. And that had to have been taken from from Halloween. Exactly. You know, as a, as a, an homage.
1: So, also to, you know, obviously one of the biggest connections between this movie and Psycho is Jamie Lee Curtis. Because her mother uh, was in the original Psycho.
0: Psycho. Yes. Yeah, she was Janet Lee.
1: Yes. And so, you know, the big concept of getting... uh uh Jamie Lee Curtis was, you know, hey, we can do like a like a generational thing, you know? Like we can mix, you know, like her mother was in Psycho, and now she's in this movie coming out, but it just so they at the time that's pretty much kind of how she got the job. Yeah. But the thing is like they're like, okay, well she was perfect for it because she did a great job. Which she did. Which she did do a great job in this movie. And to be honest, like, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis like I think besides Halloween franchise, the only movie I recognize her for is True Lies
0: with Arnold Schwarzenegger. But that's just me. Mm, really? I mean, she's been in a lot of things. She's made more than one horror movie. Although she doesn't really like horror movies. And I don't think she really likes talking about it. And I don't think she really does conventions or anything. But um, but she was in that. Wasn't she in Prom Night? Not prom night. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. And then the the or
0: maybe train. It was prom night. Yeah, yeah. She's been in a the yeah. train movie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah we'll be
1: talking about her some more, you know, because she was in the yeah. terror train, the prom night. Yeah. But she she's been in a mm-hmm. you know, she was a screen queen, definitely, for, mm-hmm. for most of her career. Um uh, but I'm just saying the movie you know, those those movies you mentioned, we I haven't seen those yet. So when we do them on the Retro oh. Blood, it'd be my first time viewing.
0: Oh,
1: nice. So, you know, a little bit more about the concept of uh of Halloween, you know. The big thing that Carpenter kind of drew on was the, you know, every small town has like its own like haunted house, you know, like there's always like one creepy house in your neighborhood that all the kids try to go to maybe, you know, probably on Halloween to kind of like, you know, scare themselves. Um, Mm -hmm. And they played that to this movie obviously being the the Myers house.
0: Yeah, especially smaller towns. I mean, I know you come from a really big town, like you come from a big city, but um, did your community have like a haunted house like that? Mine, mine certainly does. It has
1: Let's that see. house, that haunted house. Not the not in the actual cities I lived. Um, there was a couple like scary looking houses that when I remember when I was trick or treating, I didn't really want to go up to. Uh, yeah. But they, they they didn't really have like a backstory to them. Like it's it, they didn't have like a story that every kid on the block knew. Like hey, there was like a, a murder that happened here or some you know stuff like that. Uh, It was mostly like, well, that house looks kind of creepy right now. I don't know if I want to go up there. You know that that's more like the bigger cities.
0: Yeah, like well, I I mean, I think it's pretty kind of. I mean, it's kind of prevalent in small towns. Like my small town had a house that was, uh, you know, supposedly haunted. My grandmother would tell me stories about how haunted the house was, and um, they eventually tore it down. They had torn it down and built a new house on it, which a new family lived in and supposedly nobody lived there very long. And my grandmother would tell me stories about this woman that used to live there and um, how she haunts the place because she loved her house and they tore her house down. And now there's this new house and she's haunting this new house and these, all these people that live there. Um, yeah. My grandmother would tell me all kinds of ghost stories um, about the area. Um but yeah, so yeah, we have my, my community has, has, has had a haunted house. <laughs> yeah, buddy. But yeah, I thought of that too. Like when I watched it this time, I'd never considered that before. But I was like, you know, in a way, it's kind of a haunted house movie too, except there's no ghost. It's, you know, it's being haunted by Michael.
1: There's only the boogeyman.
0: But there's only the boogeyman. Exactly.
1: So another couple of interesting stuff is obviously the character known as Loomis was paid by not... One other, none other than Donald Pleasant. Yes, which is uh, you know was a when he did this movie he was a pretty well known actor at the time.
0: Yeah, I was about to say he was probably the most famous person in this movie at the time.
1: Yes, because everybody else is pretty much pretty much brand new to the uh, acting scene. You know, if this wasn't their first movie, you know, it's probably like maybe like their second or third. Um right. And then, you know, like a lot of drama actors and a lot of kid actors as well, too. You know, a lot of the staff in this movie, too, was prior, they're around their 20s, like 20s, 22s and stuff. Um, yeah.
0: So you I mean, know, I wonder how they even got him to do this.
1: Well, um... Because, you know so, I, mean? I mean,
0: he was he had been in James Bond movies not that long ago. Yeah. Playing the villain.
1: So, it's actually pretty funny how they got him to do this. So, apparently... <laughs>
0: <laughs> they blackmail him?
1: No. Uh, so th- the thing was, uh, if I believe my 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 information is correct here, so Donald Pleasant's, mm-hmm. so his daughter, do- his daughter, Lucy. Uh, mm-hmm. she was like a guitarist and stuff. She enjoyed uh, John Carpenter's Assault on Precinct Thirteen. So I'm pretty sure, like, she was like, "Hey, you know, John, I like that movie John Carpenter did. You should be with them so I can meet him." And he was probably like, oh, okay, I'll t- take the money for it. You know, that's what I'm guessing. <laughs> wow. So it was probably yeah. his daughter just uh, suggesting that he did it. But um, a couple of interesting things. Um, so, you know, he Donald Pleasant wasn't the original person who they um, tried to get to be Loomis. Uh, one of them was uh, a guy named Peter Crushing or Peter Cushing.
0: Who, oh, Peter Cushing, yeah, from yeah.
1: Star Wars. Yeah, from Star Wars, yeah, and yes. all
0: the and all those Hammer films, yeah, wow, I, I, yes. yeah, no wonder they couldn't get that guy; he was huge.
1: Well, the next one was Sir Christopher Lee, that they try to get to play Loomis,
0: right? Who is like, if they can't get Cushing, they can't get Christopher Lee either, because they're like, uh, they're Van Helsing and Dracula in the old Hammer films, right? They go together. Yes, although that would have both, they would have both been amazing too if they'd have got those for this role.
1: Yeah, and then apparently, you know, he obviously Chris really turned it down. Yeah. And then he later told Carpenter saying that, yeah, uh, declining that role was probably the biggest mistake that he made. Because of 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 how famous this movie became later on, obviously. So
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, that's I mean, yeah, I mean in retrospect that's a huge mistake. But, you know, like he is he gonna come you know, he's a famous actor. Is he gonna come all the way from England to uh To make, uh, you know, to get, you know, to make this movie that cost $200,000, I mean probably not.
1: Yeah. But, you know, you never, you know, the thing about movie making and and being an actor in movies, you never really know. You know what I mean? You never, sometimes people just go on set like, okay, this is just, I'm just trying to make a bunch of movie. Next thing you know, you're like one of the most popular franchises in history.
0: That's true. That's
1: true. It's movie making is, uh, you know, very similar, like we said, sometimes even pro wrestling. You know what I mean? You could be, you know, freaking, uh, you know, pretty but not well-known indie star. You know what I mean? You go to a mm-hmm. hot promotion, and the next thing you know, you blow up. You know what I mean? So, you know, like, uh, you could be, you know, uh, Adam Cole in Ring of Honor, all right? And then when Adam Cole went yeah. to NXT, maybe a little bit, you know, obviously he was well-known in Ring of Honor, well-known in the indie scene but then went to an NXT whole new audience and even came that much bigger. So. True. I hope that analogy kind of worked. I don't know if it
0: did. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, it, it makes the point. I mean, yeah. you know, Christopher Lee is a little larger than uh, an indie wrestler, but <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, it would be, I mean, I guess Christopher Lee was a super famous in America. Yes. And Peter Cushing had just come off of Star Wars the year before, so it's probably unlikely that he was going to... Uh, uh, you know, come to come and do that movie for whatever the little amount of money they were going to pay him. Yeah. Um, you know, even though he wasn't going to be in no more Star Wars movies because he got blown up in that first one, but still, he probably wasn't going to come. You know, he probably wasn't going to do that. So Christopher Lee, I could see, and that would have been amazing. I mean, that guy can do no wrong. He's great in everything.
1: Yeah, that's true. Definitely one of the best uh, actors. Um, so. You know, before we get into some of the breakdown of the movie, you know, obviously the the cool thing about John Carpenter's films that we talked about before is the music. Mm. And the music in this film is like awesome. I mean, it goes so well with the with the suspense of the movie. You know, like I think this is like some of like John Carpenter's best work when it comes to music. Obviously it's one of his earlier style music. Um but just you know the Halloween main theme itself the Michael Myers stalking, stalking his victim theme goes really well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's just one thing that Carpenter has always been um, very, very well known for is his uh, musical yeah. scores and his movies.
0: Well, if I'm not mistaken, he wanted to be a musician. He didn't really he he didn't set out to be a film director, I don't think. Yeah, um, I think that he wanted to be in a band. He was in a band and he had played in several bands and that's really what he wanted to do. But he ended up being super successful writing and making movies so he kind of did that and then did the scores for his movies
1: exactly <clears throat> which is you know i mean to, to be honest with you that i like that i like when uh, mm-hmm. the director you know makes his own creation and, and stuff with music i think it goes it, it, to me it kind of like flows a little better with the with the films so that's yeah, like, you know it's perfect it, it, that's some of the biggest thing I think that's one of the biggest things Carpenter should be known for is like not like how he kind of introduced that whole like new music style to to films that he's done but oh absolutely
0: yeah. and oh, go ahead I was gonna say now he makes more music than he does movies yeah and his 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 music is fantastic his uh, themes albums that he's putting out now it's, oh, those are great they're all so good
1: And of course, he's still making. Didn't he? I think he had a helping hand in making some of the newer Halloween movies that came out around 2018, 19. Of course, this year too. So he's still. Yeah, uh, I think he.
0: Yeah, I think he had to approve the things. I don't know if he actually worked on them other than making the music for them. But
1: so yeah, so um, so also too, uh, so Halloween was actually released on TV as well. Yes. Uh, This was actually in the 80s. So, I thought it was a kind of a little interesting story, so I'll just say it on here. So, in 1980, the television rights to Halloween were sold to NBC for $3 million. Wow. After a debate among Carpenter, Hill, and NBC's standards and practices over centering censoring <laughs> of certain scenes, Halloween appeared on television for the first time in October 1981. Mm-hmm. So, that's pretty
0: cool. Yeah, that is, have, you, have you ever seen that?
1: Yes. Um, yeah, so have I. So, they actually have those uh, scenes on some of the... Um, if you buy, like, the... Uh, I think it's the Halloween 4K. And I mm-hmm. think it's also on the Halloween Blu-ray box set that I have as well, too. They have the yeah, have the extra too. TV scenes on there. But that's pretty yeah. cool how that movie... So, I'm pretty sure that movie was to... Um, is to be kind of, like, um, matched up with the Halloween 2 that was coming out. So... Uh, Yes, because ha- Halloween two came out on October thirtieth, nineteen eighty one. That's what we'll be talking about soon.
0: Right. So, so go ahead. I was gonna say, did you so? Did you want to talk about the, the TV version for a minute? Yeah, yeah, we could
1: talk about that, no? some of the TV stuff. Because,
0: yeah, because the TV version. I mean, obviously they had to they had to put new scenes in it so, mm-hmm. because they cut so much so much out of the other movie to make it long enough. They added new scenes, but um, the, I have the Anchor Bay DVD from the nineties that has. It, it has a, a, a disc with um, all the violence and nudity from the theatrical version, but it, it has the scenes from the TV version put into it. So you can watch it as one long movie. Nice. And I think so, in some ways it makes it better. But you can tell some of the scenes were shot during Halloween too. Yes. Um, like the scene of where he writes sister on the door. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Like that was definitely shot during Halloween too, but um, uh, but you did you watch the scene? Do you remember the scene where Loomis is sitting in the room with the doctors talking about Michael? Like that would have made the movie a lot better, I think, and a lot you would have understood where Loomis is coming from more and why Loomis is freaking out all the time. Yes, if 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 that had still been in there, yeah, where he's you know where he's sitting there talking about um. They were going to send him to the sanitarium. He's like, no, he's like, that's not enough of uh, that's not enough of uh, security's not enough. And he's like, well, he just sits there. He's never going to do anything. He's like, no, he's waiting. He's waiting. He's just waiting for the right moment. And then they're like, you know, fuck you. Get out of here, Loomis. And then Loomis goes to talk to Michael and says uh, you've got them all full. You You filled them.
1: haven't you, Michael. But not me. This Loomis character, like, he was like, he was calm in this movie, but boy, when we yeah. get to Halloween 5, this oh, motherfucker whoa, is yeah. off his
0: rocker. <laughs> even, even by Halloween 2, he's crazier than Michael Myers did.
1: Yes. <laughs> that's going to be like, that's probably like one of the funniest things is like watching this movie back, you know, watching Halloween's like in a row is to see the progression <laughs> of Loomis going getting more and more insane. Like it's one of the <laughs> best things that we're going to be talking about yeah. all month is just yeah. how crazy this yeah. fucking Loomis character is.
0: Yeah, I get more terrified of Loomis than I do Michael, yeah, to be honest with you.
1: <laughs> Boy, by six, he's just like, he he's just like, oh, I don't give a fuck. I'm just going to be wacky as shit during this whole movie. Uh, but yeah, we had a couple of ex- extra scenes. Um... So, you know, we also have another scene of uh, uh, Dr. Loomis and Smith and some Smith Smithgrove uh, examining Michael's abandoned cell after he escaped. Mm. You know, obviously, like you said, seeing the word sister scratching the door was obviously probably filmed during uh, Halloween, too. And then uh, finally, we have a scene added in which Linda comes over to Lori's house to borrow a silk blouse before Laurie leaves to babysit. Just has Annie telephone asking to borrow the same blouse, you know, and he's on the phone asking to borrow the same blouse. The new scene mm-hmm. had Laurie's hair hidden by a towel, since Curtis was by. Where well, Curtis was by then wearing much shorter hairstyle than she wore in 1978. So.
0: Oh, so that was really shot too then.
1: Yes. So most of the okay. stuff was actually shot mainly during Halloween too. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, they, that's how they add, add. They pretty much, you know, since it was be showing on um, television, they wanted to add on pretty much an extra like twelve minutes uh, to fit it all on there. So, but like right. you're saying, like I think some of it kind of helped out the me, especially the part with Loomis and explaining to the to the um, to the w- ward of how crazy this guy was. So,
0: right? Yeah, absolutely.
1: So, we'll get into some of the uh, the the actual plot of the movie. How does it do? So we do a little bit different here on Lights Out. You know, we're not gonna go like scene by scene like we do on the retro bled, but we're gonna talk about most about the plot. So you know, we start off Halloween. It's it's Halloween night. All right, we're in Hattonville, Illinois. Allison and everybody. Mm-hmm. It's nineteen sixty-three. All right. What kind of candy thing they had
0: in nineteen sixty three? You think they had, think they had uh, Reese's and all that stuff going on there? I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe they had Snickers, but they probably had a bunch of like really crappy candy, which is why Michael's pissed off in the scene. I yeah, think.
1: he was like, "Fucking Tootsie Roll like, again!
0: Uh, damn it!" Tootsie Rolls, man. Just those damn Tootsie Rolls. I always hated Tootsie Rolls. Get the, <laughs> Me too. Tootsie Rolls in my uh, the trick and treat bag. Yeah, uh, yeah. <sighs> absolutely hated them.
1: But so, anyway, we, so. We're off this subject. So, you know, this this had to be, no, I, I was going to say it had to be, but no, this, th- this scene was probably inspired by Psycho, where we see like the yeah. first person view. You know, we see the first person view, which is obviously through Michael's eyes, and we see his sister, Judith Myers, getting it on, brother, or about to get it on, while Michael was just yeah. out there uh, done collecting candy and getting pissed off. So, you know, yeah. we see him go up there, and then we finally see him stab his sister. Which is probably, you know, pretty much any reboot of Halloween or anything like that, always, you know, the, the, original, the original of how Michael Myers came to be was stabbing his sister in the room. Right. Uh, a couple of movies have copied this scene. Um, Halloween 6 comes to mind, where we had Michael go up to the, uh, to the room... Uh, there was in the, the... The two kids snuck up... Snuck into the Myers house... And they go up there having sex... And Michael went up there and stabbed the girl... Um, that was in Halloween 6... So we, we've seen this scene uh, play out again in sequels and stuff... But you know obviously they get down... And then Mike Myers was wearing one of the, uh, the clown uniform... Which we'll be talking about that clown uniform later on... In Halloween 4... Um, and it was, of course the parents just look like normal... Everyday parents are just like, Michael, what's going on? So and then the movie just um it just uh skips ahead to nineteen seventy eight, October thirtieth, nineteen
0: seventy eight. Yep. And day it, before
1: Halloween. Yes, day before Halloween. And we are at the um the Smith Grove uh And this is when we have uh an escaped so we have loomis and we have his uh nurse driving up to the uh this to, to this uh to the hospital and they see a bunch of patients just walking around they're like oh we just that like, patient walked around here like no and then this is when we see michael he attacked <laughs> like wait a minute no, this seems hilarious i think
0: this seems hilarious where they're just uh-huh. wandering around in the rain uh-huh. and then she's like and, she, and she's like they just let the people the <laughs> patients uh-huh. wander around here and like, he's just like, no. But, but I mean, it's like, really? I mean, she's a fucking nurse. Yeah. Like, does she think they just let the patients wander around after dark in the rain?
1: Yeah, I guess. You know, they got to get their exercise in the rain. No <laughs> so problem. I guess so. It's so this is when Michael therapy. attacks. He attacks her and chokes her a little bit. Gets the limits out there, And then this is when we figured out it's canon that Michael Myers can drive.
0: Well, now, yeah.
1: This has always been a big discussion.
0: It has been. And will be forever.
1: So if Michael Myers was staring at a wall for fifteen years, how the fuck did he <laughs> learn to drive?
0: Um, uh, don't isn't don't they somewhere? I try in the movies explain that one of the orderlies taught him how to drive. But like,
1: but how, why? <laughs> why
0: exactly?
1: Why? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, "What did he just go up there? Was like, "Hey, brother, my name is uh, Jeff. I'm gonna be your orderly. Hey, you know what you need, Michael? not stare at that wall, I'm going to have you drive, brother. Because I need you to drive me around when I get my beer. Like, (laughs) Okay. It just, that's just like... that (laughs) was my
0: thought exactly. Why? Why would anybody (laughs) teach him to drive?
1: Like, if this guy is like so crazy or got sent to the... I don't know. Maybe, maybe... The only thing I could think of is maybe wherever he got sent to was like they're a little more relaxed on stuff. Maybe, maybe (laughs) they thought they needed to teach all the patience they have there, normal life stuff, so when they grow up, they can get be- get better into society better? Because, you know... I mean, know, maybe. But, but like you're saying, that scene that we saw of Loomis trying to explain to the board, like, hey, you need to bring this kid to somewhere more, more intense that where you're bringing yeah. him. I think that would have fit really well in this, because that would explain, okay, maybe Loomis knows that this guy is crazy. He needs to be locked up and not teach anything. Maybe where Michael went... They're a little bit more relaxed, and they teach people how to drive. And
0: I guess, but he still won't react to anything. Like so, like, but so he won't react to anybody, and he's just been staring at a wall for fifteen years. And Loomis says, "Yes, you know, I watched him stare at a wall, and he he wasn't staring at the wall; He was staring through the wall, and you know all that. Like he was just intently staring at this wall for years. Um, but then we're supposed to believe like an orderly was able to get through to him and teach him how to drive." Well, yeah. But maybe it was part of his plan. <laughs> yes. Maybe it was part of Michael's plan, because supposedly that's what Loomis said, right? Yes. Was that he's waiting for the right time, and he's like, you know, I'm going to need to know how to drive one day so I can drive to Haddonfield. Yes. I mean, and, a better plot point...
1: Oh, you know what I like, too? I like it where he knew how to get there as well. or maybe Well, he, he could have found a map, though. Well, how, how does he know how to read a map?
0: Well, I mean, he, he could read. How does he know how to read? I mean, he was... He was old enough to read when he killed his sister. Okay, I, okay, I get you. I mean, he was, you know, he was like ten or something, probably or eight or he was he was old enough to read.
1: Well, uh, anyway, I mean, maybe he could. Know. So, he eventually, kills a mechanic. He takes his overalls. Yes. All right, and of course, he steals like knife ropes, you know, all that good stuff.
0: Yeah.
1: And he yeah. also still <laughs> He also stole a mask, okay. from a local hardware store as well.
0: Yeah, I I think that scene is so hilarious, like in retrospect of the movie when 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 the Sheriff Brackett's like, Oh, it's not a big deal, it's just some kids. They just stole a mask and a knife. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, there's just some kids, you know, they're out there stealing masks, knives, rope and stuff, you know, just normal teenage stuff.
0: You know, serial killing stuff.
1: <laughs> and of course this is you know, when we're meeting the Lori Strode and all her friends, you know, we have Laurie – she is of course like the uh the the nice one, the innocent one. You know, she has a lot of like not say rebel friends, but it's just like, you know, normal type of we're seeing a lot of normalcy over here. You know, we have Anna. She was the um the daughter to the sheriff. All right. Yes. Sheriff, uh sheriff bracket. Um and Annie Brackett. And we have Annie Brackett, the daughter. And she her big thing was she wants to get it on with Paul. And she is talking about how she's going to be babysitting this child named Lindsay, which she's obviously babysitting her before. And her plan is when, you know, maybe maybe she can meet up with Paul and they can get it on, on Halloween nights while she's babysitting. And then we have right. the other girl, Lindsay. She also has a man, too, whose name is Tommy. I well, mean, not Tommy, my bad. Lindsay has a, a, man, a man whose name is, um, um... Oh, God, what was his name? Uh... Bob. That's right, Bob. Uh, Lindsay had Bob. And they were going to get it on at Lindsay's house as well. Because they have a plan. The plan was to uh, have Lori babysit Lindsay and her person. She's babysitting, babysitting Tommy while the couples can get it on. And the um, they were also trying to help out um, Lori get some too. Uh, but yeah. she's too she's too shy. So we're seeing we're seeing how the characters are kind of uh, forming over here, and we also saw that Lori she knows Tommy really well, uh, and then we have like a little bit of a scene of them going up to the micros house, Michael Myers's house, the Myers house, um, saying like it, but you could basically tell it's like the haunted house or like the scary house in the neighborhood, and of course um, I think it was Lori's dad was the one who's trying to sell it, so. Uh, so you know a, the the cool thing about Halloween is this the the shots. You know it's very different and very creepy and very unique to have the killer in broad daylight. Because you know a lot of times when we're doing like, you know, stalking shows or we're doing like scary shows, you know, we don't see the killer until maybe like a an alleyway, at nighttime, you know, or like in the 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 victim's bedroom. Bathroom, you know this. We saw Michael Myers with his mask just fucking hanging out in the daylight. Oh, girls yeah, are, wa- yeah. I mean, he's girls he doesn't wa-
0: hide what he's doing at all.
1: Exactly, fucking just just walking out in the middle. of the- He's just standing there looking at him, and there's Lori's is looking like oh, that's weird. The guy's looking me in the mask, you know, or like Michael Myers is driving, following her around. Obviously, just driving and following her around the whole time.
0: Yeah. Maybe she can't tell he's wearing a mask because it does kind of look human from the way. But in the first time they see him, when um he drives by and then she and uh Andy calls him an asshole.
1: Yeah, yeah, she's like she's saying something like uh, uh, "speed kills" or something like oh, yeah. that. <laughs> speed asshole. kills asshole. And yeah. he stops and stuff, and just like you know, just flick him off and everything. And they just think it's some kids pranking around. Right. You know, and then we see that really famous shot, you know, of Lori looking outside the uh, her classroom, seeing Michaels and then looking back, which they've used in a couple, which they actually use in the uh, 2008 version of uh, Halloween as well, too, uh, yes. when um, Lori's granddaughter was looking at her through the window. So, um, so. <laughs> So we see, and it's just very interesting how you see those kind of shots. Like you know, I think that was very unique and very creepy. Like, hey, you know, we're we're establishing like this guy is like he's bold. You know what I mean? Like he has a plan. He's stalking. Oh yeah. So.
0: Yeah, he's 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 different than other slasher serial killers that we would see or had seen before. You know, and he in the you know he's like Jason. Jason hid in the woods and he would go kill people that encroached on his territory. But he wasn't, like, a predator that was actually after somebody. And you could just tell that he's just stalking these kids. Yeah. Or he's exactly. stalking Lori, I guess. But, um, but yeah, he, but he's just, like, driving around, following her around. He's, like, looking for her.
1: Yeah, for he's, like, reason. it's just weird because he's, like, always there. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I like how they did that where they always, like, you know, if you're watching this for the first time and everything, you're, like, okay. Like, you know, we know that there's like, going to be this Michael Myers character because he's like, stayed from the hospital. But you think like, okay, well, maybe we'll see him right when everybody's at the house babysitting. Like, no, we see him like almost every other scene.
0: Yeah, and like that scene yeah. where he's standing under the clothesline. I think it's particularly scary.
1: Exactly, and it's like always looking one, up at her in the window. Yeah, and it's always one of the things where you like, you know, you're you're kind of like them. The you're kind of like the the character Laurie too. You got to do a double take because you're just like, what am I seeing here? You know, is there a creepy guy on the mask and stuff? Like, am I going insane? So, I thought the, that stuff is, like, one of the beauty of, of the Halloween uh, franchise as well. Um, so, you know, we're, we're getting established about who all the characters are. And, like I was saying, like, everybody's going to, you know, do some babysitting. So, we have um, we have Lori. She is doing some babysitting with one Tommy Doyle. Which, we'll be seeing Tommy Doyle, a version <laughs> we'll of him <laughs> later on in the Retro Blood, who is a, uh, boy, they do a... I don't know if you... Well, I mean, we're obviously going to talk about his character during Halloween 5 Review. But boy, what they did with Tommy Doyle... This guy was like some sort of X-Files like fucking conspiracy dude. It was crazy. I was like, what is this? Like, I can't wait to talk about that guy. It's just so funny. (laughs) And then, of course, they had the, uh... The Tommy Doyle from the, uh... uh, 2021. The fucking, uh... Uh... (laughs) The fucking uh, fat baseball bat, guy. Uh, baseball bat yeah. fat dude, fucking <laughs> brother, get off my lawn, brother. Type of guy. This is my territory. And then he just fucking dies super easy. Like, oh my god. Like, they, like you know, like the Mitch. I, I guess he, I guess he could be like the the the, the mob, the mob type of uh, yeah. Tommy Doyle character. Yeah, yeah. But my favorite Tommy Doyle character is definitely the Tommy Doyle from Halloween 5. I can't wait to talk about yeah. that
0: one. Which we will, we will definitely talk about that.
1: <laughs> so, uh, another another interesting fact that Tommy and um, Lindsay are watching The Thing. Yep. Which, you know, obviously, you know, later on, John Carpenter would do the movie The Thing. But, you know, I think this one was inspired by the... Was it The Thing from Outer Space, Right.
0: Uh, no, that's what this is. Yeah. Yes. So this movie, <clears throat> the thing is a, is the full title of the thing is, is the thing from outer space. But I think everybody just calls it the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the movie they're watching. And then, yeah, John Carpenter would remake it in 1982. Yeah. Um, but yeah.
1: Which is awesome because, you know, you could see them. They'll play some like shots from the movie and you could see some of the shots that actually John Carpenter put in his movie, the thing. Yes. Like when they turn when they all they're, yes, like they're trying to like lay out to see the how big the spaceship was.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's definitely a scene that he used and the credit sequence looks similar. Yes, that he used and uh I mean it is a similar movie if you've never seen it. It's it's worth watching. I mean the Carpenter movie is much better, but it's still good.
1: So the big thing is when they when they we have uh, Annie she's babysitting Lindsay, we have Laurie li- babysitting Tommy, you know, Annie, she her thing is okay. I need to get, you know, get this Lindsay girl feeling okay let me get her fed up a little bit and i'm gonna ship her on and off so i can get some booty so she's uh you know doing her stuff she's calling paul but you know this michael has now arrived at that annie's house and he is just stalking her and he's like making little noises you know one of the one of the stuff he, he looks through the window and he grabs a pot and pushes it down and then of course you know she starts looking stuff to see what's happening and then eventually you know annie goes out to the um I guess, like, this house, the laundromat is like a separate
0: little area. Yeah, I guess they had it in, like the garage or something. Yeah. Which is I know, interesting. but you have to go out of the house to get in there. Yeah.
1: So she goes in there. You know, obviously, this is a scene where she, you know, you think she's going to get killed by Michael there because he's around there locking the door and everything. And uh, this is eventually when we have Powell call up and he makes Lindsay go look for her. Lindsay looks for her and stuff. And then, um, Paul makes fun of her for getting stuck in a window. Mm. So we're showing some more tension over here where Michael's stalking. So I really like that aspect of the Michael Myers character that I think a lot of the other movies like didn't do as well. As in like, you know, a lot of, t- a lot of these other movies we're going to see is, you know, Michael kind of like showing up and just killing him. He doesn't, he, right. does, he does like a little stalking, but he doesn't do it as well as he did it in this movie. Like I thought this movie really made him a little bit more of like a stalker more than
0: even like a just a slasher killer machine Mm -hmm. yeah i mean he's more human in this well in a way like you know he's 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 not just a a killing not just a killing machine like he doesn't just show up and start killing people immediately He, he he's actually just stalking them and like watching them yeah which is even which is really scarier than murdering someone really
1: exactly you know, especially if you're watching that, like it's like you know, it's it's one thing where you know somebody pops out of the wall and shit and just slashes you down. Okay, it's a good jump scare. But when you really like show like a guy like slowly popping up and popping into scene, and they're like right behind the person or hear stuff, like and you're just out the audience saying no, 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 no. That's that's where the horror comes part of it.
0: Yeah, that's real horror right there. Yes.
1: So this is when you know Paul he can't come. Like he's like, well, I, he's going to come <laughs> later, brother. He's trying to, but he, he doesn't drive or something like his parents left and he can't drive. So he wants Annie to pick him up. So this is when Annie says, okay, let's go. Let's go. Lindsay. She's, he drops Lindsay off at Lori's <laughs> house. And the thing was, uh, Annie promised not to tell, um, the, the guy that she promised Lori with, uh, she said she would back off and not cause you know, Lori, I guess she's one of those girls who are just super shy. So she doesn't want, like, she likes a guy, but she doesn't want, she's just too shy to even talk to the guy. Mm. So we have Annie, she goes back, she tries to go pick up Paul, and this is when we get their first killing scene of the teenagers. We have Annie getting choked out in the car. So I actually thought this scene was pretty nice because, so, you know, when she first goes to the car, she's like, oh, I got no keys, you know, let me go back and get my keys. She gets the keys, she comes back, but she just opens the door. She doesn't even use the key to open the door. And then she jumps in and she sees fog and she's like, wait a minute. I opened the door, no keys, and there's like fog in here. So she realizes something and then boom, that's when Michael attacks and chokes her. And eventually does like a, like a little bit of a, like a slash throat or a slash side throat scene at the end. Uh, what did you think about this first killing? I thought it was pretty good.
0: Yeah, I like this because it's different. You know, it's not just Michael stabbing somebody to death. Like, you know, I mean, he does cut her, but but you know, he's like he's he's like actually just strangles her to death. Yeah. Um And I mean, it's just I don't know how to put into words what I'm trying to say, but it's just like it's just it's more of a it has more of like a sexual overtone to it in a way. Like he's just like like he just wants to like strangle this girl. Like like what I mean is like a violent sexual overtone. Like he's like a. Like he just wants to like strangle this girl until she dies. Like he wants to just feel her die in his hands. Like it's just, it's like this thing that he just enjoys. Yes. And you, you know, and and he's not as he's not as soulless in this movie as he's as he is in the later movies. And he, and and as Loomis leads him to believe, like he seems to like really enjoy doing what he's doing. Yes, to me
1: anyway. And this is when we see a little bit of Tommy. You know, we see his character. Tommy is the only smart person in the film because he keeps seeing <laughs> the boogeyman, but nobody believes him. Right. So he saw him one time before, then he saw it's. Then he actually saw him carry Annie's body inside the house. And he kept saying, boogeyman, boogeyman, things are freaking out. Mm-hmm. Um. This is when we have Linda and Bob show up. They've been drinking in the van. And their whole mission in this movie was to have some sex. All yes. Right? Which is great. When you're a when you're a teen, you're, that's what should be your yeah, goal or, on Halloween or night. Or even now. Or even now, that should be your goal on Halloween night. So they go in there. They try to look for Annie, and they they don't see her. So they get kind of worried. Of course, Bob's like, "Oh, I'm not going to care. Let's drink some of this beer and go upstairs." And then, <laughs> so then they have. Uh, then he has Linda call Lori, and Lori's like, "Oh yeah, why well, Annie called me earlier? She said she's gonna go pick up Paul, and Lindsay's over here." And they hang up the phone, and then. Uh, Linda's like, "Hey, Lindsay's gonna be over there," and Bob's like, "Yes, let's go upstairs now." <laughs> so they <laughs> go, go upstairs now. <laughs> let's go upstairs now. They basically basically just saying so they go up there to start making some. This seems actually pretty neat because I like it how they're like getting it on. There's like a jack o' lantern
0: right like right there. Yes, that, that that's awesome. Like the scenery in this it's movie like how, is
1: just uh, so like classic. It just you know obviously yes. they were filming this. It probably wasn't even around like October time. Cause I think they spent no, like, like summer. It's like the summertime, but they actually did a pretty good job. Besides having a bunch of Halloween decorations, but there's like nobody dressed like for Halloween or anything. Even though we had trick or treaters everywhere, there was like no houses dressed for Halloween. The only thing you would see is like maybe one pumpkin at the house, and that's it. <laughs> which
0: yeah, the yeah. only the only Halloween stuff in it is set decoration because they shot it on a real street, so yeah. they didn't have all these people decorate their houses. Yeah. You know, they just shot the oil. They shot it in the summertime, I'm pretty sure, and they had to bring in leaves, like the leaves that are blowing at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, they had to bring in dried leaves for that.
1: Yeah, they brought in those leaves, they and, and they brought in the, some jack o' But there was no like Halloween yeah. people's houses weren't Dracula, you know, dressed for Halloween. We'll see that later on in the films where there will actually be like more houses dressed up for hol- for Halloween. But I, I kind of like the the subtlety of the houses. I don't know. It was just kind of it was a little neat. Um, yeah. But they're up there, and then of course, you know, our boy Bob finishes, and, and this guy he he he's maybe there for like three minutes, and he finished, and that girl Linda, she you never seen a happier girl. She was like, oh, that was like <laughs> the best three minutes of my life, Bob. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I like Linda in this movie. I like <laughs> I like that actress PJ Souls. I think she, uh, she uh, she's gorgeous. Yeah, like I, I've always like I for the first when I first saw this movie as like a little kid, I was like, oh, like I like her. Yeah, but yeah, she's great in this.
1: So she basically tells Bob to go get her a beer. I like it. So Bob's down there. This is another famous scene we have from Halloween. You know, Bob's looking around. Then he sees the door open. He's like, oh, you know, he thinks it's Annie. But it's not Annie. Mm. Looks around and then, bam, Michael pops out of the fucking door. And one thing um, I want to mention as well, too, and I'm pretty sure everybody picked up on this. You know, a lot of the, the sounds we hear is Michael breathing in his mask. Yeah, which is creepy in its own way too. It kind of has that like Darth Vader type of breathing heavy through the fucking mask, and right, you, yeah, because the he- mask makes them breathe. Yeah, heavy. And you hear a lot of that during the uh, film, which um, you know I don't I don't really remember them doing a whole lot of that during the sequels as well too. I think that's something they kind of missed on as well. I'm pretty sure they did it during most of them, but not 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 as like well placed as this one. Yeah, um, not like this. And then, of course, you know, this is when we figured out that Michael Myers not only can be a good stalker, not only does he have a mind for a killer, but he also has superhuman strength.
0: Yep. Cause he He's picked, got that uh, psycho strength. Yes.
1: Picked up Bob one hand. No problem. Not even flinching. <laughs> Takes a knife, stabs Bob in the belly. Apparently this knife, super strength as well. Because it keeps Bob's body, okay, <laughs> Bob's body. It Bob's keeps <laughs> it keeps Bob's body, um, pretty much stays stays there for like a good two minutes while he does the old the old head back and forth movement. Mm.
0: Yeah, which that's really cool. Like that, I mean, I know that's a famous part of the movie, the the thing now, the movie now. But that's really cool. Like that head turn where he's just like like looking at him like a dog or whatever. Where he's like yeah. turning his head back and forth, like. Just like admiring his work. That, that shit's fucking creepy. And, um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe a knife could hold a body up if you stuck it in the wall far enough. Bro, that thing was not far enough. Okay. <laughs> you're right. Yeah, right. It would have pulled a knife. It's, the body weight would have pulled a knife yeah. from the wall, I'm sure.
1: Maybe if you got a couple of knives in there, they could have hold them up, but not just one. But you know, about the head turning thing, you know, I did like it yeah. where the cane, he took that. Um, from Michael Myers when he used to do the head turning, even though he act like it was he got it from his dog. All right, you definitely. Yeah, I
0: remember uh, Glenn Jacobs saying that he got it from his dog.
1: Yeah, but I'm pretty sure he got that from Michael Myers. Now I know Undertaker got the sit up from Michael Myers, but every time Kane did the head turning, I was like, I was like, that whole Kane character reminded me of a Michael Myers in a way. Of how he was, pre- not not his story or anything like that, but how he did his mannerisms was very
0: similar to Michael Myers,
1: which the yeah, Undertaker yeah, like is he's just as well
0: faceless silent killer. Yeah. Yes.
1: Um. So you know, after that, this is when we get probably my I have a tie of two favorite scenes all like in Halloween, and this would be one of them. This is when we get the uh, the famous Michael Myers ghost.
0: Oh, this is so good. <laughs>
1: So we have Linda she's in there just hanging out and shit and uh, he comes in Michael but she thinks it's Bob under it it's basically just a sheet with Bob's glasses on there
0: glasses on it yeah All right and
1: he's just staring at her the whole time and she's like Bob where's my beer and stuff you're creeping me out where's my beer where's my beer And eventually like you know he's not staring at it he just stares at her like and this is for like a good couple minutes and you're just like you know hows the audience you know who that is and she doesn't and like you can like feel like the real tension during this scene like oh shit like this is pretty creepy so she's like okay well i'm just going to call lori to to um you know ask her if she's seen Anne or stuff um so linda call, calls lori and lori thinks you know she linda was uh lori was waiting for a call from annie cuz they haven't heard from her in a while and they're talking and then right when she answers the phone this is when michael morr starts choking her out with the telephone phone, phone call or the telephone phone cord, and mm-hmm. the funny part was like, Linda. I guess how she dies is how she has an orgasm too, because she is like fucking uh, uh, everywhere. And, <laughs> and Linda and Laura's just like, okay, well, you you're, you you want to hear me? He so says like, you want to make a joke? Now you want me to hear you squeal? And then she's like, just getting choked on everything. And then she's eventually like, you know, hey, what's going on here? Are you okay, Linda? You okay? And this is when we have Michael. You know, like do the heavy breathing and then he puts down the phone.
0: So, yeah. pretty, pretty,
1: pretty iconic scene right there, I would say.
0: Yeah. I mean, my, my, I don't know. Like, I like the, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's not supposed to be humorous, but it's funny to me because I'm just a sick bastard, I guess. But like, I like the humor in it. And I like the fact that Michael kind of has a sense of humor in this. Like, he puts on Bob's Halloween costume. <laughs> and and puts Bob's glasses on over his <laughs> mask. I mean, I think it's fucking hilarious. Yeah. And then like the whole thing where she's getting killed and Laurie thinks that uh that um you know that it's her having sex with Bob or whatever. Yeah. And then the scene at the beginning where where they're like where, where the guys the guys like, "Well, he, like he's like when Michael escapes and then the or the not the orderly but the guy that runs the sanitarium's, like like he, like how could he get away? He can't even drive. And Loomis is like, "Well, he was doing pretty good last night." <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of Loomis, yeah. he he
1: is in Hattonfield, right? And he has been shot. He's he's been talking to the sheriff this whole time, saying like, "Listen, yeah. this Michael Maya guy has come back here, and he's going to cause terror." And then of course the sheriff Bracken is just like, "Listen, man,
0: this is Haddonfield.
1: We have families here. His family's walking around. Everybody's doing good." Are you telling me this guy's gonna come here and slaughter them all? <laughs> he's like, yes. He's like, okay. Well, I don't really believe you, but I'll stay with you just in case you are right. Because basically, Loomis and him, they chucked, they they went to Michael Myers's house. They locked around. This is when we found a dead dog there. So we show that Michael Myers kills this, anything.
0: Well, yeah, this scene's great because he's yeah. like, and in, in this part where he's like, uh, Loomis is like, hey, he's like, he's like, what's that? And the, and the bracket's like, it's a dog it's still warm and then lewis is like he got hungry
1: <laughs> yes he got hungry <laughs>
0: like we're supposed to believe he ate a fucking dog <laughs> yeah, <it's> a- <laughs> he hey, ate a, hey. a, a raw like dog that he just killed like oh. he didn't steal food from me of these houses he just ate our dog
1: or maybe jeff taught him that you know the the guy who taught him how to drive <laughs> he taught him how to hunt dog too taught
0: him how to hunt dog <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, that's also kind of creepy, too. Near It's close to the beginning of the movie, isn't it? Like, he when he kills the dog. Yeah. Like, the dog, like, attacking. or not attacking, but he's, like, running up to bark at him, and he just, like, kills the dog. Like well, the, he just the, has no compulsion well,
1: at all. Yeah. That dog was the, um, I believe that was Annie's dog. That's the one he, that that he killed. Um, but it might have been, like, two dogs. I'm not sure. But, um, you know, so Loomis pretty much thinks that Michael is going to come back to the house. So he's pretty much, you know, keeping an eye of the house. You know, he tells some kids to go bugger off and stuff. <laughs> that uh, seems good, too. And this is, yeah. And this is when we have the scene where, like, you know, he's telling about how Michael was staring at the wall for 15 years. He came out of this sanctuary. He's not a right. He's, like, evil. He's pretty much evil, and, you know, evil itself. Mm-hmm. And this is when the sheriff's like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to stay around here with you. But, you know. You gotta, uh, we we'll watch out this the town together. Um, so during all this stuff too, you know, Lori, she is, uh, you know, getting kind of worried now because she's seeing her friends are not, you know, answering her. She had that weird phone call. So after Tommy and and Lindsay they go to sleep, she does some investigation. So she goes around the house, uh, Lindsay's house, which is right across the street where she was. And she's looking around stuff. She doesn't see anybody. Nobody's answering. So eventually she goes inside. And she's looking all around stuff. You know, a lot, a lot of good tension during this time. And this is when she goes into the room. And of course she sees Anna in the bed with the Judith Myers tomb. That, that was digged up earlier. Uh, on the bed for the ritual scene. And she freaks out. Mm. This is when she finds all the dead bodies. We have Bob hanging. We have Linda in the closet. And this is when we get a really cool scene of her freaking out, and she is um, kind of like she's like in she's like in a bedroom, but we see there's like a door that's open, and it's all black, and then Michael's oh, face, god, is so good, just like fucking appears,
0: yeah, like I, like he just steps forward into the light a little yes, bit, Yes. that shit's terrifying. That that
1: was like whoa, like whoa, where, whoa, you know? What I mean? imagine watching that shit in the '70s, like you don't see a lot of that kind of stuff. You know, we, you know now, was, nowadays we'd be a little spoiled. But even nowadays, that shit
0: is still creepy. That know? would scare people now. Because yeah. the only thing you get in horror movies now is jump scares. Yes. They, they forgot, like, the whole Alfred Hitchcock thing about suspense. They forgot all that. All they do is they just give you jump scare after jump scare after jump scare. You know, loud noises to make you jump. Like, there's nothing scary in The Conjuring. Yeah. It's just... It's just, it's just jump scare after jump scare after jump scare. This shit's fucking scary. Yeah. Because what this shows you is like, okay, like there could be someone in your house right now when you walk, when you come home at night and you walk into your bedroom and the lights are off, there could be somebody in that room and you'd never know it. Yeah. Because Michael was there the whole time and you never saw him. So and, there could be somebody in a corner, the dark corner of your house right now, and you can't see him. That shit's scary. Yeah. That's a scary movie.
1: And I liked it too. When, when his face appeared, the music didn't like turn up to like 11. You know what I mean? Right. Exactly. It was like a exactly. slow progression of him coming in there and how the music got more. And of course he comes out and he, he slashes her on the throat and she starts freaking out. And speaking of the, uh, there was one movie that just came to my mind. Um, that kind of did the old, uh, just appear out of nowhere type of thing, or like slowly appeared, mm-hmm. you know, the original strangers movie <sighs> yeah. that, that was pretty, they did that pretty well of the yeah. actual, like scared, like people just showing up in your house, just very creepy and it was very a uh, quiet type of movie. So, you yeah. know,
0: well, I mean, that guy is a genius too. The guy that directed the strangers. Yes. Uh, he, he makes such great movies too.
1: So that, that's, like, that's, like, one of the only movies that comes to mind where it's, like, you know, the killer's just showing up quietly. You know, we don't need to have, yeah. like, people breaking through doors and shit. We don't have... You know, leave that shit for, like, Jason. I, I can see Jason right. doing that. Like, he's a character made for that. But, you know, when you have, like, this type of figure like this... You know that's why I think a lot of some of the other like Michael movies and stuff kind of failed because you know he he, he, it's not like that like why do we have to have this music super loud when Michael's attacking you know just make it slow make it gradual
0: you know right because loud music scares people it makes people jump but it doesn't really scare you it just makes you jump yes and that's it's cheap but yeah like like you're talking about the strangers that scene in the strangers where he leaves to go buy whatever he's going to go buy and Liv Tyler's by herself. Yeah. And she's like in the in the in the dining room, like walking around in a circle smoking, and they're in the house watching her, but she doesn't know they're there. That's de- that's yeah. directly taken from Halloween, exactly. for sure.
1: So Michael, he cuts her arm a little bit. And like I said, we yeah. don't get you know, there's not a lot of blood in the original Halloween. We had I think I think there's only like two blood scenes, which was when Michael killed the uh the truck driver, we see him his body laying in a field that had a little blood on it. And then we see a little mm. blood on Lori's arm. You know, very little blood right. they did. Which I don't think they did a whole lot of blood in the, well, I'm not counting Italian films but in the seventies, but a lot of American films didn't do a whole lot of blood that I remember. But I could be wrong about that. I don't know.
0: We'd have to look into that.
1: But you know, so then she starts freaking out and starts, you know. Running away from Michael, and this is when Michael is basically doing the the chases, chasing on her. So she eventually kind of like you know escapes from him. She goes down into the uh, into the room that Bob was killed, and of course Bob's m- m- body was already been moved. And she's trying to escape from the door, but Michael he blocked the door in with like a like a rake. And eventually Michael busts through the door, but he does it like a in like a realistic, you know, he punches the door, he opens the door, and he walks in, and then he. Sits there, and he goes slow. And right. then she, Lori breaks through the door. She gets outside. She, and this scene was crazy, too, because, like, I could see this happening in real life. You know, this girl runs out of the house. She goes to the neighbor. She barks. She's like, help me, help me, help me. Banging on the door and stuff. Person turns on the light, looks at her, turns off the light, tur- goes back inside. Doesn't even help her. I was like,
0: Fuck. Yeah, I mean... <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think that a little bit that goes against like this small town mentality. I feel like in That's a small true. town, people would come out and help you. Yeah. But but I think that a lot of people are think they're just being tricked though. Oh, yeah, cuz it's Halloween. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I don't I don't think it's cuz they don't want to help her. I think it's because they think it's another trick or treat prank. Cuz in it in Halloween 2, when uh, the guy says, yeah, it's at the beginning of Halloween 2, when the guy comes out and says He's like, I've been tricked at he's like, I've been trick-or-treated to death tonight. And then Loomis is like, You don't know what death is. Oh yeah. <laughs> but we'll get to that
1: oh, in another show. The fucking Loomis character. <laughs> That's gonna be a fun character to talk about. So this is my other favorite scene of Halloween. So Lori is like scared to shit to death. You know, nobody's helping her. She runs back to the Tommy's house, starts banging at the door for Tommy. Tommy, Tommy, look, like it up. She grabs a pot, throws the pot up there, and Tommy finally looks at her. The scene where Michael is like, like not running but power walking through the fucking nighttime wind yeah. behind the house. I mean, how creepy is that shit? Like that, yeah. Like where smoke. he's not running
0: but he's walking real fast because he know he knows he's got he only has a certain amount of time to get there. Yeah, but he's still just like steadily going. Yes.
1: So that shit's creepy, and I love that scene. And it has like that that Michael Mars like dun-dun-dun. Dun, 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 dun. Song to it is fucking awesome. Uh, so eventually, you know, Lori goes inside and stuff. She tells the kids to go upstairs, lock the doors and shit. Um, and then she realizes, like, oh, shit, Michael got in here. He went through the window. The quick man going Uh-oh. through the window. And this is when we have uh, Michael attacking her on the couch. And then she eventually uses one of her sewing needles and stabs him in the neck. Yes. <laughs> and this happens a couple so, times where, you know, okay, you know, we stab her in the neck and then Michael just wakes up after a couple minutes out there thinking he might be dead. Like, this might be the end of it. She got him.
0: So. Yeah, where he just sits up like the Undertaker from behind the couch. Yeah. Not what happens in this one. She stabs him. But then they don't leave the house. They kind of sit down on the couch because they yeah. assume he's dead, I guess. but Yeah, she's like um, sitting then he on the sits. couch, yes. Right, so, and then he just no sells it and stands back up.
1: Well, kind of no. So this scene was basically she looks at him from the couch. And he's just sitting there like his body's like all fu- like kind of like curved. She goes upstairs mm. and she talks to Tommy and Linda. <clears throat> and Tommy's like, "Oh, was that the boogeyman? You know, did you kill?" She's like, "No, he's not gonna bother us anymore and stuff." And then we see Michael come up the stairs.
0: Oh yes, yeah, yeah, right. right and then so.
1: she's like, "Oh shit!" So she locks the kids in the room. And then she goes to the other room, she hides in the closet. This is when we get the famous closet scene.
0: Yes. Which I think is also which really is creepy. one of my as best one of my favorite scenes in the movie where she's hiding in a closet and she's trying to make a weapon out of a clothes hanger. Yes. And then he's like trying to get into the closet, which is super realistic, right? He doesn't just rip the doors off. It takes him a minute to be able to get into that closet door.
1: Exactly. Even though it's weird though because how come he couldn't open up this like flimsy closet door? But he can hold up Bob with one arm. Well
0: <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like, I mean, you and I could rip a clo- that closet door off the hinges, right? I mean, not off the hinges, but we could like it's just real light wood. We could both rip that rip that down, I'm sure. Well, he, but, he know, eventually yeah, ripped through it. Eventually, yeah, but I mean he's but you're right. He's strong enough to hold Bob up with one hand, but he can't uh he maybe maybe because the
1: closet him. was, like, very, like, um, bouncy.
0: Maybe. Or maybe he's weak because she stabbed him in the neck with a sewing needle. That's true. With a crochet needle or whatever.
1: So, he gets there. But, that's
0: where you see the, the scene with him and the knife.
1: And then she stomps yes. around in the fucking eye.
0: Yeah, that's the famous knife scene yeah. that we always get a picture of. And I think it's the same scene we used for the uh, retro blood thing, right? And um, that, that from the same... Uh,
1: it's probably, it's, yeah, it's probably like inspired by, yes, mm. the, the, the big old knife. And then he, he she, uh, Michael drops the knife, and this is when Lori stabs him. Looks like right in stabs the heart in the and eye. stuff. No, she stabs him. No, she she stabs, stabs him in the eye, doesn't she? No, she stabs him in the eye with the clothes hanger. Then, oh, right,
0: right, then right, right, Michael
1: right. drops the knife. Then she grabs the knife. Then she stabs him, like kind of like near the heart area. And this is when oh, she, oh, right, thinks, yeah, 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 true. And this is, when she, this is when she goes up to Tommy and Lindsay and says, hey, you need to go to the Wallace's house and tell him to go call 911. Do right now. Do what I say. And then this is when the kids start like going out there, freaking out. And then, you know, earlier Loomis, he saw, you know, I like it though. I don't know if he caught this. So Loomis was like looking at Michael Myers, you know, the Myers house for like hours. It seemed like he was there right. for hours and stuff. He's like looking around. I was like, oh, I've fucking been out here for hours. Let me look right behind me. Oh shit. Right behind me. There's a clue. Oh yeah, look. That's uh, like, that like that's the fucking uh uh that's the card that Michael Myers stole from us when he was going to the uh, the hospital,
0: right? Oh, which sure. which has been sitting there the whole night, right? Been, he couldn't yeah. have pulled up there exactly without Loomis seeing him. So like, it's been there the whole movie, and Loomis just now saw it. Honor if Loomis is like fuck. Man, maybe I should like turned
1: my head like forty five minutes ago. <laughs> He's like god damn. Yeah, damn it. <laughs> and then like he goes he goes up to the the cops like. I found his car. He's here. I'm going to search the front of the house you search the back. He's like, how do you know it's here? He's like, the car was only three blocks away. You didn't see it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, of course, you know, he's walking and stuff. That's when he sees the kid, Tommy and Linda. He's like, okay, that house has some screaming kids coming from it. That's definitely some houses where Michael's going to be at. So this is when we have Lori. This is the scene where Michael raises up like the Undertaker.
0: Oh, uh, true. Yes
1: and this, I thought this scene was crazy because you know Lori she thinks okay I, I'm just gonna sit here I'm going to explain to the police why I killed this crazy guy in a mask so I don't get in trouble um, you know I'm just like this is terrifying she, he killed all my friends I don't know what to believe right now this is a very very good scene very powerful scene mm-hmm. and then you know Michael gets up and then he's about to attack her and he, he attacks her and stuff and this is when we get the scene where I, I even heard that um, you know the directors and stuff like John that they, they didn't I don't think they wanted to do this, but but they they had the, it's the scene where where uh, Laurie rips Michael's mask off, and we actually see what Michael Myers' face looks like.
0: Yeah, yeah, we see part of his face. How do you
1: feel about that? Like showing Michael Myers, like what he looked like,
0: like really? I, I mean I don't know that it's ne- I don't I mean it didn't help us at all. It didn't give it tell us anything. Yeah. Um. You know, and then the mask is not ripped in Halloween two. Yeah. So, you know, or not that you can tell, but you she, she kind of rips. Yeah. She rips like part of the eye out, I guess, kind of, so you yeah. can see like his eye where she stabbed him. Yeah. And then, um, which seems to also be repaired in Halloween too. But anyway. Um, but yeah. So I don't know. I don't love that scene, but I don't, I don't hate it either. I can, I can look past it. Well, yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I guess to keep the mystery of this guy,
0: like, we don't know what he looks like, you know, would have been, uh,
1: Probably a little creepier, I guess. Like, yeah, I, I. But think- it
0: also doesn't matter what he looks like. It's not like it's revealing somebody. Yeah. You, you was- know, it's not like it's a a mystery that's revealing a character. Yeah. You hard. know, like if like if it had, had turned out to be Paul or somebody. Yeah. You know, and like this oh, Paul's time. the real killer, yes. right? This whole time it was Paul. I got away with it too if it wasn't for you meddling kids. Yes. It was <laughs> you know, me, like Paul. Just- It was me all along. All along. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, because it, it doesn't matter. It does, I mean, I think that's why it's not great. because it doesn't matter what he yeah. looked like, because it's not a mystery. We know who he is.
1: Yes. This is when Loomis shows up, shoots that motherfucker. You don't. Know, Loomis doesn't even ask questions. he's like, I'm shooting no. this guy on sight. Yeah. All right. I think he hinted well, that too.
0: Well, he, yeah, because he does that in Halloween too. Remember, he's about to shoot that kid. Yeah. We'll talk about that tomorrow or, or when we do the next episode. But yeah, he's about to shoot that kid that happens to be wearing the same mask. But yeah, he just walks to the door and he's just like... You well, know, you know, because we
1: saw Loomis have a gun earlier. And I got like, yeah. like, here we go, cop. I got a permit. <laughs> <laughs> and he just sees Michael, shoots him once. You know, Michael already put back on his mask. Then he goes and starts shooting his ass some more. And eventually Michael takes a bump off the fucking mm-hmm. balcony onto the floor. You know, and then Loomis comes out there, looks, you know, and then and he's gone. He's gone. And then we get the music, and I, th- I couldn't exactly hear exactly what Lori said. I think she said like, "That was the boogeyman." Yes. And then Loomis is like, "Why? Well, yes, I believe it was."
0: Yeah, she she says, "Was that the boogeyman?" Because now she believes. Because remember, she spent the whole movie telling Tommy the boogeyman doesn't exist. Yeah. And now she's like, "Yeah, he does." And she realizes that he does. And then she she's like, is that the boogeyman? And and uh, and uh Loomis is like, yeah, I believe it is. I believe it was. And then they look out and he's gone. And then the next scene is the music plays. And then he's walking back toward the house again. Which if we never had another Halloween movie, that would have been an amazing ending. Yeah. You know, if they never made a sequel, that would have been amazing. You're like, holy shit, nothing can stop this guy.
1: Yeah. Because it's like, you know, where did he go? You know what I mean? Like, nothing could stop him. He got shot. He got stabbed. I mean, he got stabbed with a fucking sewing needle. He got stabbed with a fucking uh, clothes hanger. He got stabbed with a knife. Shot, like, six times. And he's still out there doing his thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he shot him exactly six times. He'll tell us plenty of exactly how many times he shot him. A lot in the next movie.
1: Yes. I shot him six times! Six times! Six times! (laughs) Yeah. Bro, this is a, I can't wait. Like you, you yeah, guys out here awesome. you, you got to follow along because the 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 downward progression of Loomis' character is intense <laughs> of how it goes. It's going to be great. And or, of course
0: or is it or is it upward? It's upward, yes. It gets better. <laughs> and of
1: course, you know, when we do Halloween 3, we'll talk all about that as well. Um, you know, not it doesn't have Michael Myers in it, but it does have a good concept that I think they could they could have still done, which we'll talk mm-hmm. about that later on there in the in the retro blood um but uh yeah lights out brother uh talking the original halloween you know very obviously one of the most important movies in uh horror history and i'd say in yes, cin- cinematic absolutely. history too um you know if if really obviously you could see all the um a lot of different films that got inspired by halloween you know and i just think you know this particular ser- this is obviously my I said this before. This is probably my favorite franchise, horror, a horror movie franchise. Um, even though Hellraiser right now is actually kind of uh, getting up there as well, since we did those Hellraiser reviews, I've been a super big fan of Hellraiser. But the Halloween has always been a special part of me because, like I said, it was my first uh, horror movie I've ever like loved. Was the Halloween franchises. Um, mm-hmm. But I also think it's just a unique franchise as well but you know not not you know obviously it's it's very interesting like you know a lot of times when you have a franchise you know most of the time when you're rebooting a franchise you always reboot the, you always try to remake the original you know but i think it's very interesting about halloween where they always go back to the source movie they always go back to this movie so no matter what yeah. sequel we get no matter what reboot we get besides a besides rob zombies i guess that would be like the only like remake, I guess, of Halloween. Uh, yeah. But all the other ones, they always use this particular movie has the source material to make all their sequels.
0: Yeah, well, it's like the Godzilla movies, right? Like, like the you know the the, the only Godzilla movies that are canon um, always is the first one and the current one. So the current Halloween movies we're seeing are so it can it you know so it's halloween 78 and then confusingly halloween again and then halloween kills halloween ends so those four movies are are a are a sequence that ignores all the other parts of the things and then there's halloween h2o which is a sequel to the original halloween and ignores all the other movies
1: 20 years later brother
0: yeah um but yeah, we'll mostly be talking about the original timeline, canon canon yes. timeline of Halloween 1, 2, 4, 5. Yes, because, you know, on Which the retro. I think blood- is the best. But, yes. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, like, you know, on the retro blood, we're going to be talking about all the Halloween movies that happened during the 80s. Yes. Yeah. You know, that's why we're going to. We, that's why we unfortunately need to stop after five because number six wasn't made in the 80s.
0: Unfortunately or fortunately, depending yes. on how you look at it. Yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> but. You know we're gonna be doing you know you know obviously there's gonna be about four Halloween movies we're gonna be doing and Halloween yeah. and then October has five uh, months so we actually have a special um, we have a review at the end of October that doesn't have anything to do with you know the Halloween franchise it's gonna be a separate movie um, yeah. but uh, thanks everybody for joining us on this lights out I always like doing these these you know I always like to switch up the format it's always fun mm-hmm. you know getting getting away from a format and doing something a little bit new um mm-hmm. but you know this is October this is our anniversary month, yeah, you know one, yes, year one it's gonna be great, you know, obviously on our first year we did the the freddy all the Freddy moves that were in the eighties mm-hmm. um but you know we didn't have the lights out during that that particular period, but
0: no, we hadn't invented it yet, yes,
1: but I thought another fun thing would do so i actually we we decided to do two lights out, so this is the first. Of the mm-hmm. Lights Out podcast, obviously doing Halloween because you can, you, you got to do Halloween one before you can do all the other ones. So might as well exactly. do it in this format. But I thought it'd be very fun to come back here. Well, I'll probably drop this other one on Halloween, which is going to be the, uh, you know, Monday this year. I thought that me and Allison and, and obviously you guys listening to us, we can do the battle of the Halloween Havocs. So I'm gonna pick out a Halloween That's... Havoc. Allison's gonna pick out a Halloween Havoc, and we're gonna battle that, brother. No holds bar, like we do on here on Lights Out. We're, what we're gonna, what the plan was or is, is gonna be we're gonna go each match. Like I'm gonna talk about my Halloween Havoc's first match. Allison's gonna talk about his. Of course, we'll do like history and the build up to the matches and stuff like that. You know, before we get into the actual shows and stuff. You know, it's a little bit background and stuff like that. Um, but I thought we'd do match by match. We could see which match was better, and then at the end we can rate which which matches were better, and we'll see which one had the better Halloween Havoc. So, so join us for that. Probably on the retro blood, we'll let you guys know which Halloween Havocs we're gonna pick out, and we can battle out this Halloween. Cause you know, in pro wrestling, Halloween Havoc is probably my favorite theme pay per view, which I'm pretty glad the um. NXT still brings Halloween Havoc back. So, yeah,
0: yeah, they're about to do one on the twenty fifth or something, like right before Halloween. It'll be awesome. Yeah, awesome so, enough.
1: And uh, I actually liked a couple of the uh, the newer Halloween Havocs um, that NXT have been doing because they do a couple of like little cinemas. Uh, the last one that they had was um, it was uh, it was uh, Carmelo Hayes and, and Trick Williams going to go see Dexter Lumis at Dexter Lumis's house, and I actually thought that was a uh, pretty entertaining. Uh, but yeah. everybody, thanks for joining us. This has been Lights Out, brother. This is where we go uncensored. This is where we talk about whatever we want to talk about. This is the uh, pretty much the sister episode to the Retro Blood. But yeah. join us here tomorrow as the Retro Blood starts off anniversary month and October month with Halloween 2.
0: It's going to be awesome.
1: So it's Jay Allison, James Klein. Allison, what should we... Uh, you know, we didn't talk about anything about music I always like to no, leave audiences with something to listen to, though. So how about I will play um, the Halloween theme Yeah, right now. might as well, right? Might as well might play as the well. Halloween theme right now, everybody. So remember, when you're going out there trick-or-treating at a town that doesn't decorate for Halloween, just has a <laughs> lantern on there, remember, if you're going to be getting it on with your babysitter, remember to actually lock your doors. Or you will be stabbed.
0: You will. Or or choked. By the boogeyman. Hmm. All right, everybody. We'll check it later. See you guys.